don't know about you guys, but I, the music this year has just been fantastic. Fantastic. One of my favorite songs I think ever made, we sang. And it's Rescuer. Woo, man. You go down the road, you can turn that song up and just be like, just scream those words. It's just, it's just awesome. And you, I mean, like, and I'll do it to where, like, like I mean, like, like spit will come out, and I mean, like, tears are coming out, and I'm like, rescuer, he's my rescuer. And then no doubt, every time I drive, I hear the, hur, hur, oh, oh, I gotta go. It's a green light now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was in it. All right. And so I don't know about how many people in here, but I'm one of those guys that I totally have a concert in my car, and it is starring me when I when I drive. It is fantastic. Woo, it's fun. It is so, so much fun. I am so glad you are here. We are, uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. It has been, I, I love, I love family vacation every year. I look forward to it every year. But this year has been something kind of special. Uh, the speakers have been on point. The people have been on point. The conversation I have had has been on point. It has been really, really neat. And so I, I just, I fairly, I mean, I, I like cold weather and it followed me down. So I'm like, <laughs> everybody's like, oh, stupid weather. I'm like, it's beautiful outside. Yeah. And I'm like, I love this weather. It's amazing. Then again, I am a polar bear and you're probably not. So, you know, so this is my native weather. So, so glad you're here. My name's Clint. I'm the branch minister at Park Plaza Brookside. And so I'm so glad you're here. This is my wife. She is a lot better than me in everything. Her name is Kelsey Hill. And yes, she, that is her natural curly hair. So, uh, you were asking. So, yeah. So, we are so excited that you are here. We are teaching you. I don't know if you know what class you were in, but you were in class for eternity. You are here forever. So, you know. This is a, well, I'm, I'm carrying around, it's not a microphone right now, they're recording me. And so, uh, so I'm going to be doing a lot of this because, uh, but I think there's got to be some sort of benefit of being in the class, don't you think? Yeah. So people who are coming around are like, I like Clint's class, but he sounded near, then he sounded far, and he sounded near and far, and near and far, and I know I did that opposite because I want to mess with them, alright? So you're like, they're sitting there like, oh, there's got to be some sort of benefit of being here. So we're so glad you are here. We're so excited. We are going to be talking about eternity, I, man, how do you describe forever? You know, how do, how do you put it into words? I love what C.S. Lewis did with it. C.S. Lewis is, is, is our guy, but, but man, uh, in the last battle, it's a children's book. I think he describes eternity the best way you can describe eternity. It is like the best adventure that no book, that no chapter, that no paragraph, that no sentence, that no word, that no letter, that no iota can even describe the adventure that is to come. And that is eternity. And you know what's crazy about eternity? Is we can start living it right now. You don't have to wait till we die and someone says some weird words at your funeral. I kind of hope I'm there for that. I don't know about you. I just, I just kind of hope I'm in the background for that and go, yeah, that's a lie. But I'm here. That's cool. <laughs> that person cried. That's probably fake. That'd be me at my funeral. That'd be me, you know. 
<laughs> and so, but you can live eternity right now. We can do that. And so we're going to be describing uh, how to do that. Uh, we're going to be in uh, Matthew. You've got your Bibles. Go to Matthew. Chapter uh, 6, verse 19. And so today, I know you probably read this in the headline, but I think it's important to go back. We all get caught up with living day-to-day lives. We all get caught up in that. We all get caught up in the mundane, what am I supposed to do? And we get concerned about things that sometimes matter and sometimes don't. You know? And I'm hopefully that this class will help us live with eternity in mind, help differentiate what's important and what's not. When we look through it, and how, we, how do we go about it? And so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, and it says this. It says, do not store. you got a Bible, it's probably in red. What's the red words mean? Jesus. That's right. So if Jesus said it, is it important? Yes. Yeah, why? That's right, because he's God, all right? You know, I had someone tell me, like, we were talking about baptism one day, and he said, oh, do you think baptism is important? I said, yes, because Jesus said it. And he said, well, if Jesus told you to stand on your head, would you do that? And I said, yes. <laughs> Jesus taught me to talk with my hand the rest of my life. Guess what? I do it. <laughs> but he doesn't say anything stupid to do like that. So his words, when he says them, he means them. He says them, he needs them. And, and we got a benefit point, because I don't know if you knew this, in the original Arthur, in the original Greek, they didn't switch over to red ink and start writing Jesus' words. We get that benefit of knowing these came out of his mouth. His mouth. The most important one that ever lived is about to talk to us. Beautiful. He says this, Do not store yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do uh, do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. And if your eyes are healthy, the whole body will be full of light. But if the eyes are unhealthy... Your whole body is going to be full of wickedness and darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. You, you can't serve both God and money. So before we even talk about storing up, where to store up... Ugh. Um, <laughs> where to store up, then the foundation, the, to get to the root of this is embrace a crucified life. It doesn't matter what you store up or where you store it. If you're not embracing a crucified life and dying to self, then that's what the foundation of this is. Okay? Um, recently, I picked up a C.S. Lewis book. If anybody knows me, I don't read. <laughs> and I'm very dyslexic. So I had a C.S. Lewis book and a dictionary to help me through this, but I finished it. <laughs> but there, I mean, this he's crazy. The stuff that he says, and here's one quote that just really stuck with me. A crucifixion of our normal self is a passport to everlasting life. Because that which has not died cannot be resurrected. Wow. I have nothing to add to that. That is our passport 
to eternal life and it's forever okay we have to die to ourselves you know it says in Romans chapter 6 verse 5 for if we've been united with him in his death we will certainly be united with him in his resurrection and if we're not united with him the opposite of that is true if you have not been united with him in his death you will certainly not be resurrected with him and that's what CS is trying to say right here is that if you want to live in eternity life, first off, you've got to build your storehouse on the right foundation. And the right foundation is realizing that you are living a crucified life. It's not your life anymore. It's His life. And if you want to live in eternity, it's not Clint's eternity. Man, let's hope not. All of us would be in Lion fans and be very disappointed that they didn't win the Super Bowl. That's Clint's eternity, alright? Some of you would describe that as hell. That's what it is. Jesus' eternity is better. And we want to live a crucified life, which means we don't want to do it our way anymore. We want to do what He says. And when we are resurrected with Him, it provides something for us, which is eternal and amazing hope. When you build your house on the right spot, you have amazing hope. It's incredible of what happens for it. So let's take a look at this. We've got to store the right things. In verse 19 it says this. Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. So we, why we're storing, you know, what we're talking about right here is you've got to watch what you store in your, in your warehouse. But the most important thing that we've got to do is we've got to determine where we are, are we going to build our warehouse. You can build it in eternity or you can build it on earth. And if you build it on earth, what happens to those things? Destroyed. Yeah. yeah. They're destroyed. They get destroyed. What happens? What did Jesus say? What's his words? Are you broken into? What else? Moths and vermin. Oh, vermin are mouse. Or mices. Or mises. I'm not an English major. I don't know that for sure. But it's something in the plural form of a rodent. All right? They're terrible things. Have you ever been... Oh, man. Oh, this has happened to me. And I've been so... Oh, I got angry in my heart. And I hated it. I hated it. I walked in, and I, if you know me, you'll know that I'm a big Detroit Red Wings fan. They are a hockey team. I love the Red Wings. And when I walked into my closet one day, I was looking, I was going to wear my Red Wing shirt. You know what moths do? They eat clothes. So I was like, yeah, I want to wear my Red Wing shirt, and there's a big hole right there. And I was like, ah! And immediately I went to my little sister, what did you do? And my dad was like, my little sister didn't do that. Moths did that. And I was like, ugh. I was so mad. You ever had something really tasty? And, and I grew up in the country, and Kelsey grew up in the country. We could totally relate to this. You have something really tasty, and a mouse eats it? You don't just cut off the other end and say, good enough, you know? You throw it away. Why? Because you don't know what else that mouse did to it. And it makes you so frustrated. You're going to enjoy something. And it was taken away from you. You ever had anything stolen from you? Yeah, those who shook your heads, how'd that make you feel? Why? Oh, they stole your EpiPen? That's a life dangerous situation right there, right? You're like, angry. Yeah, you know? 
Moths and vermin, if we put it in the wrong... We've got to determine where we're going to build our storehouse. Because if you build it in the wrong stop, it's going to be the wrong things. Sometimes, we, and what we put into our storehouse is important too. So we've got to determine where we build it. Are we going to build it on earth or are we going to build it in heaven? But here's a weird, interesting thing. is What you put in it can be sometimes the same thing. But where you place it is, makes all the difference in the world. For example, you could put in your storehouse you want to get married. That's not wrong. Or I want a college degree. That's not wrong to put in your storehouse. It's where you place your storehouse determines if it's wrong or not. If you place your storehouse in, in, in right now, in forever, and you put it there, and you go, hey, I'm going to let my degree, my degree's going to drive me, my degree's going to do me, I'm going, I'm going to get my degree at all costs, at all costs, at all costs, and you get your degree, guess what? That idol ain't going to leave you satisfied. Because it shouldn't be number one. It shouldn't. But if it's built in the wrong spot, it becomes number one. It becomes number one. But you can use your degree to fulfill God's work. You can. I know lawyers, lawyers, that do God's work because they built their storehouses in the right area. I know doctors. You know, and we got this misconception too. We got to throw this out. We got to throw this out. That, that oh, well, I become, I become a person of God, therefore I'm going to become a minister and go speak to people. That's the biggest load of bunky in the world. Do you know what Paul's profession was? Profession? I said that wrong. You know what his profession was? He was a tent maker. Did he have some stuff to say? He didn't go, where'd you, where'd you go? Man, I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I worked down in church class. <laughs> no. He worked as a tent maker. Why? Because his storehouse was built in the right area. He built his storehouse in the right area. There's nothing wrong with getting married. There is something wrong with you make that the reason that's going to fill the hole in your heart. That's what the problem with this is. And that's what Jesus is trying to say. Some of these things aren't bad. It's just where you put them. That makes all the difference in the world. Sometimes we store our, our storehouse, though, with unrealistic motives. We store our storehouse with unrealistic motives. We get caught up with, the, you know, I, 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 see, I saw this, I did campus ministry for like 10 years, and I saw this a lot, where, where their degree became their identity. I'm like, you're, you're not that. That's not what you are. I saw people that came in that used to like, like things and had fun, and they got into a degree. And, and Tulsa, where I was at, was a big engineering degree. They'd come in engineering, and then they totally changed their personality because their degree became their identity. And that's not good. There's nothing wrong with maturing. You know, you don't have to like Pokemon the rest of your life. That's not what I'm saying. But like, you know, when you go up to someone, you're like, hey, you like chocolate? No, I like vanilla now. That's what engineers eat. Something's changed. Something's changed. So we don't, we, that's an unrealistic motive. Another unrealistic motive that we find a lot is like, I'm going to be married at this age. Well, that's an unrealistic motive. You don't really have a say in that. You don't. I think that's a two-person decision. You know? But I'm, I can't tell you how many people I meet that get into the 30s and they feel like they failed because they're not married. It's an unrealistic motive. What if God wants you to be single the rest of your life? Oh, God forbid. What if God wants you to be single and happy the rest of your life? To show you don't need another person to give you that. Holy crap, that changed the world. That'll change it. 
It's where we build our storehouse. It's where we build it. I want to have kids at this age. What if you're not supposed to have kids? I've known very godly people that didn't have kids, but they're involved in ministry and they had hundreds of kids. It's where you build it. And you can get so caught up in finding the right person, doing the right class, and missing out on the most important relationships in front of you that Jesus Christ himself is saying, I want to be in your life. God, I want to get this degree for you. Why don't you just strip the degree? Why don't you just be for me? Why don't you just be for me? That's it. Unrealistic motives really cause us to evaluate our eyes, which leads us right into our next verse. It says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 22 says this, The eye is the lamp of your body. The heart, your whole heart is involved with your body. In Luke 6.45 it says this, A good man brings good things out of goodness stored in his heart. An evil man brings evil things that are stored up in his heart. You see, that's already a case where the heart is stored in the wrong area. You can store your heart in good places. For, uh, for the mouth speaks of what the heart's full of. Why are storehouses important? It's a very last verse. For the mouth speaks of what your heart is full of. That's what your mouth speaks out of. It says in Proverbs, 22, uh, Proverbs 23, 26, it says, My son, give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. God wants your heart. So if we're going to talk about storehouses, we've got to talk about our eyes. We've got to talk about our eyes because our eyes control our heart. So Garrett and Rachel are passing out a little piece of paper. If you have it, then I want you to evaluate maybe your last month or your last couple of months in your life. And put a check by the phrases that you most identify with. Do we run short? Um... So, for example, um, do you want to pray at home? Looking at the first one. So, kind of go through there. We'll take a couple of minutes. Just in the last month, or if you know that about yourself most of the time, then put a check by that phrase. Are we good? You on board? We'll take a couple minutes. I mean, you get like three minutes for a Facebook test, so, you know, I mean, it's like, you know,
Okay, so if you're still working on it, go for it. I'll kind of give you, so we're looking at our eyes. Our eyes are the lamp to our body. So if you look at that first list, there's a blank right on top of that list, and you can put unhealthy eyes, okay? Look how many check marks you have in that list, okay? Are most of your check marks in that list? Evaluating yourself, okay? And the next one, the next list is a line there, and that's healthy eyes. So unhealthy and healthy eyes is that second list. So let's look at the unhealthy eyes first. Where are your eyes? How do I know that my eyes are unhealthy? And here's kind of three things that may summarize that list today, okay? Number one is moodiness, okay? Complains about everything. Maybe your friends are walking on eggshells. How is she gonna wake up today, <laughs> okay? Moodiness can identify that our eyes are in an unhealthy place. Um, if you're self-absorbed, I think Wes hit on this greatly, okay? Self-absorbed, blaming others can come, come with that, okay? And then the last one I'm looking at is um, fragile emotions, never being grateful. And this is, we've been talking a lot about drama, a lot of classes about drama. That feeds into drama. Fragile emotions, no one can tell you anything because they don't know what's gonna come next, um, how you're gonna react to that. Um, and this all produces bad fruit. You're surrounded by drama when your eyes are unhealthy. But if your eyes are healthy, and you build your storehouse in the right spot, usually what it produces, it produces called consistency. Do you know how important consistency is in a world that's inconsistent? It's everything. You ever had that person in your life that showed up and you knew they would show up no matter what? You have that person? Aren't you thanking God that you have that person? If you don't have that person, look at your ministry and go, maybe it's because I built my house in the wrong spot. Maybe that's what's going on. Maybe I don't need this group of friends in my life. I had to do that. When I first became a believer, I realized some friends of mine weren't very healthy. Because every time I got around me, they wanted to see drugs come out. And I was like, I don't need that in my life anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. I need some more consistency in my life. And because consistency, if you're consistent, you have that, it produces joy. You have joy in your life with consistency. Another thing you know your eyes are healthy is you take responsibility for your actions. Hey, look, I'm, I'm one of these guys, I'm really good at getting out if it's my fault. Why was it? Uh, that person didn't tell me. It's their fault. They didn't tell me. Or, you know, hey, uh, Clint, I really don't like this aspect of you. And then my usual response would be, I really don't care. I put up that hard heart real quick. Anybody else like that? This is me. You don't like it? Deal with it. I realize I'm building my house in the wrong spot. Sometimes you've got to hear that, and especially if it's coming from people that are truly consistent in your life. They're saying, hey, I want you to take responsibility. And when you take responsibility, that produces hope. It produces hope. When you realize you're in the wrong group of, friends, uh, group of friends, guess what? There's hope for that. You don't have to say that anymore. I don't care if you're together <coughs> second grade. I don't care. Who cares? 
you got to live by this verse. Don't let anyone doubt because of your age, not how long you've been. Set an example of love, purity, and truth. Consistent. Third thing that if you're after healthy, that if you live life well, not perfectly, but well, when things come to hit you, you don't fall to the side and go, because you build your house on a rock. It's important. It's important where we put our storehouses. It's important what we look at. It's important. Uh, so we have a choice where our eyes are darkness or light. And if we're really, really honest with ourselves, then our eyes tend to go to darkness first, right? And uh, we have a choice in that. So let's go back to the verse, Matthew 6, 23. If your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? If you're in the Tulsa ministry, then you know kind of our phrase when you're sitting down to talk to someone, and if the phrase comes out, how is that working for you? Yeah? Okay. This is kind of another place in scripture where this turns up. How is that darkness really? <laughs> Let's get honest here. How is that working for you? If you don't have a person in your life that will ask you that, get one. <laughs> That's an important question to be asked and for you to ask others. That's relationship, okay? Um, and sorry, go ahead. <laughs> All right, you know, Romans seven fifteen says this because you get to a point where you're like, I don't know if you like me. Sometimes I do stuff and I don't know why I do it. You know. Like, like, do anything. Like, when it gets hard, usually what I want to do is I want to just uh, totally isolate myself and just live in complete aloneness. Especially when it's hard. Or when I'm confronted with something. You ever done something and you don't know why you do it? That's me. That's what I do. I'm so thankful for verses like this that says, I do not understand what I do. What I do. Yeah, I'm imagine Paul writing this and being just a realization to him and it's coming out going. Can we read it? I don't know if you've got I read Romans 7, but when it's read, I always heard like, I do not understand what I do. Well, I understand, I don't understand what I do. Or I don't know what I do. And I've always heard the whole like the duty passage is ridiculous. Because <laughs> we're really downplaying the emotion that is written in. Because this is a realization of Paul coming out and going, I don't understand why I do what I do. For what I want to do, I don't do. For what I hate, I just want to keep on doing. Imagine now that that's going like, like Paul, or, you know, I got like lit in my life, it's like a Peter in my life, I'm like, I have a dog turns to vomit. You're not going to Christ our Lord. I don't do it no more. 
What are you going to do? I'm going to do what he said. I'm going to build my house and turn it. I'm going to build the storehouse and turn it. I'm going to fill it with things that are going to matter. I want to get married still. I want to have kids still. I want to have a degree still. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. They're just not going to become my God. That's right. I'm going to let him be my God. I, man, I struggle with controlling things. Um, it's a hard story to share, so I'm just going to share. In my life, we were in Corpus Christi, Texas. And if you notice, know this, he's not around anymore. And it's because, truthfully, I think we control it. I don't think it was God drilling this, driving the ship most of the time. I think it was Clint Hill driving the ship. And I tried so hard. I just wanted, I just wanted to, to help them. I wanted to see them grow, and I wanted to, to I wanted to build this church. And we did some good things. We baptized a lot of people. But I would not give up my control. I wouldn't give it up. And I would always say things like, someone has to steer this ship. Someone has to be the driving force behind this. And I drove it, and I drove it, and I drove it. When we left Corpus Christi, it felt hurt. People have love so much. Church is gone. So when I got to Tulsa, and God, God told us to move, so we moved. And some of y'all know that story. I remember sitting there. I remember sitting with Mitch, Lynn, and Carol. And I said something like, someone's got to drive this ship. And they said, someone is, his name is Jesus. And I realized something. I built my storehouse on the wrong spot. <coughs> I built it on the wrong spot. So this class is very personal. The beautiful part is you don't have to stay there. You can build it in the right spot. It is never too late. Go ahead. Have gone first. Yeah. <laughs> um, when things get hard for me, and then I go back to insecurity, I go back to feeling unworthy, and unworthy of weird things. Like I have this internal thing of I'm unworthy to have joy, because back in my previous life, when I had what I thought was joy, then my life was in shambles, and so that replays in my mind. And so, try to get through this. <laughs> um, this weekend, I have a privilege of a friend being here that I thought it's over, what, a year? So, got to know. And we were playing games last night, and I was having fun. When I play games, like, my inner competitive comes out <laughs> that no one has ever seen. And she was like Snapchatting me, and I was like, what are you doing? And I 
it was midnight, so that's another like craziness level that comes out when I'm sleep deprived. But she looked at me and she said, I have never seen this side of you. And then I thought to myself, well, why not? Why hasn't she seen this side of joy? Because it's in there, but I'm afraid to, to live it out because I'm insecure about what people think. You know, and that's another thing. On a totally different level, I am so concerned about what others think to a level that it can cripple me if I let it. And that's storing things in the wrong place. And I am worthy of having joy outside of card games. <laughs> you know, uh, we shared very personal things, very hard things for us to share. And the reason why is because when we built this storehouse in the wrong spot, it's very personal. Because it's personal when a moth or a vermin or a thief comes and takes a thing that she loves so much. Takes it away. There's not a thing you can do about it. It hurts. And what joy do we have when Jesus says, You don't have to build it there any longer? You can build it in a place where it won't hurt. It won't, it won't be destroyed. Sometimes it hurts, it's hard. Never says it's an easy road. It's a worthwhile road. So, how do we do that? How do we get to the point where Paul just said, thanks be a job through Jesus Christ, our Lord, for us and our family. We have a, uh, you know, we, we talked about, we, we just wrote this this morning. This is kind of our New Year's resolution. So you might see a different side of us. Kelsey gave me permission to do it so you get to hear it. We have it up on our wall. It says, be silly, be honest, be kind. And the reason why the Hill House has that up is because those are the three things we have hardest in our family to do. It's hard for us to be silly. It's hard for us to be kind. It's honest, it's hard for us to be kind. That's in the hill house right now. That's our weakness. But it says, it gives us a little bit of hope. It says, weakness are made strong. He can make our weakness strong. In our weakness, we are made strong because of Christ. So what do you do? How do you get your eyes on the right spot? Jesus ends this verse, this, this area, pretty weirdly, if you ask me. Because he talks about this fantastic thing. He talks about this. You build your storehouse in the right spot. You put it over here. And yes, moths and birds get destroyed. Yes, your eyes are fantastic. Yes, it's good. And then they start doing nothing. God, my God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's that have to do with storehouses? What's that have to do? I've always had a weird. I don't know. It's just a weird segue. You know. It's like, you know, like, and oh, how great in verse 23 is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. Oh, go, go. Either you will hate one or you will love the other. Oh, yes, you will devote to one and you will please him. Yes, I love it. And that's why he can't serve God and money now. Wait, whoa, 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 the last part? What? What's that having to do with storehouses? What's that having to do with it? I always thought this was kind of strange for him to just drop the mic right there. Jesus throws that in because we're talking about eternity. And money has no place in eternity. It doesn't. Now, we have this weird rule right here, right? It's weird. We think that it's wrong to be rich. The generation kind of thinks that. That's a lie. 
wrong bitch. It's not wrong to have money. It's not wrong to have a 401k. It's not wrong to have any of those things, you know? Like, I can take this bill right here, this $50 bill, and it is immoral. I know everybody's like, oh, yeah, I can't on that. Everybody wants it, you know? <laughs> but it's, it's immoral. You know what immoral means? I didn't bring it out. You didn't hear Ben Franklin go, hey, It's what I do with the money that makes it if it's for eternity or not. It's what I do with it. Some of the most godliest men I have ever met. No one's jumping because I got 50 bucks, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, some of the most godliest people I have ever met are some of the rough riches. They give it away in areas that I've never seen before. They do things with it that is incredible. But we just don't serve money, we serve God. In the process, we take care of what God's given us. When serving money is a perfect recitation that if you put your storehouse in the wrong spot, thieves will come and destroy it. I had a good one of my best friend's dad had millions and millions of dollars built up in his retirement. And I don't know if you remember this thing, it was a very prevalent thing in my time, I remember it very much. But he invested it all in a company called Enron. Destroyed, and was crazy as I've heard friends say that. I built the storehouse in the wrong spot. I built it in the wrong spot. And I, I, I remember listening to that, like, yeah, yeah, he did, yeah, he did. And then I had a buddy that came and was like, just the fact that he's talking about it, and he said it like that, I think his storehouse is built in the right spot right now. And he's like, it was just money. I can serve God. That's building in the right spot. You can't serve those God and money. So, in that, does that mean you're careless with your money? It's very important because Jesus mentioned money right here, and I think it's important to realize in eternity. Does that mean you're careless with your money? No. So stop spending your money carelessly. Does that mean you live beyond your means? No. That's not what Jesus is talking about right here. Does that mean you don't budget? No. What Jesus is saying is don't make money your master. You can't build your storehouse in both eternity and earth. You can't build it both ways. You're going to end up loving one way and hating the other. That's what he's saying right here. You can't have a new house and go on vacation, but I vacation in the eternity. It's like, oh, can't do that. You've got to be all in one way. Right. Either you're all in on eternity or you're all in on, on earth. You can't build it both ways. That's what Jesus is saying here. You can't serve God in money. You've got to only serve one. And maybe the other will throw it. I love it. See, uh, we can talk about CS Lewis a lot. I need to, but I'll throw this in there for freebie. It says this. If you aim at heaven, you may get earth as well, but if you aim at earth, you will get neither. Aim at heaven. That's what God wants us to build in heaven. Where thieves do not come and destroy. Go ahead, Ben. So what does it look like? What does it produce when we store in the right place when we're aiming at heaven? Here's a little list that we can kind of look at. Um, we care more about others than self. Going back to that, embracing that crucified life. I think it was Robert last night that, that made the point twice. 
you care more about others. And then at the end of this lesson, he said, continue to care. And a guy in our ministry was sitting behind him, behind me, and he goes, Ugh. <laughs> and I was like, I feel you. <laughs> there with you. He's like, I don't like to share my feelings. I'm like, yes. <laughs> you know, I don't like to continue to care. Okay, but that's that's commanded of us. We have godly insight and wisdom. Understand that you're responsible for your happiness. Drama doesn't control your life. Invite God to be a part of all you do. That's a part of not having those two masters or living one place and the other. All that you do, invite him in. Embrace roles that you have, that God has given you. Sometimes we don't like those roles. Okay? At the beginning of our ministry, I told Clint, can we just like sit in the pew? Okay, do we have to do this? And he was like, yes, we do. <laughs> okay, But embracing that. Understand what it means to be a good mentor. Make that a goal. Understanding that. Delight in being a good friend. This one's really hard for me. Okay? Delight in being a good friend. And seeing your life is valuable. But also fleeting. It's very valuable because your life here is not forever. And it matters where we store our treasure. The last bit is this. And it's the most important bit. Whether you build your house on a rock or a sandy place. You build it in eternity or you build it on earth. Do it with max effort. I don't, want to talk. I don't care about it. If I try that way, it didn't work out very well. Please stand destroyed the college. I'm going to tell you about eternity when you put it all of your chips in. Did you know that Jesus will not leave with you? I promise. Because I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. My favorite verse, my favorite one. Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Jesus isn't a liar. He doesn't lie. He doesn't do things and goes, Oh, Deuce is just joking. He never said in scripture. <laughs> J.K. Lowell. Never said. But you know what is said? See if my word's not true. Test me. And see that the Lord is good. I want to encourage you to build your house in eternity. Put all your poker chips in, whatever analogy you got to use to get there, get there. Because when you put it into eternity, you put it into what God says to do, it will change lives. You'll be the most uncomfortable you have ever been in your life. You're like, that doesn't sound like a selfish. It's not. I'm telling you the truth. You'll be the most uncomfortable and put in awkward situations. You'll be running out of your weaknesses like you could not deceive, but you know what you need to see? The death raised life. There you go. You can see a dead man heart. You can see a crazy guy who said everyone's a lunatic become sane and go, that's terrifying. And the guy goes, you're not even snow. It's terrifying. Because the guy can talk back. That's the one who's scary. You get to see life truly live. So you can live a boring life, get married, have kids, go to church, go to church, and all that. And you can do that. You can make a difference. You can make a difference in this world. I'm tired of building my house because 
Thanks for this one being short. I want to go ahead and turn it. Dear Heavenly Father, God, uh, we come to you today. God, we just ask for you to, uh, we ask to build our house in the right spot, our storehouse in the right spot, Father God. We want to build it in eternity. And anything that's holding us back, we pray that we just get rid of it, Father God. And Jesus, we just want to love you. We want to praise you. We want to do your will. We want to go out, Father God. And God, somehow today, because all of us have had 23-hour car rides or 16-hour car rides or whatever, Father God, we want you to get us some energy for the day, Father God. God, prove to us that you are better than coffee and a monster energy drink. Problem. Please, God, prove it. I know that doesn't mean we're bouncing off the walls. If we're bouncing off the walls for you, Father God, that's the most powerful thing that can be in the world. God, we love you, we praise you, we want to do everything you will. God, I just pray with every ounce of our heart that these stories that are shared today, Father, God, that we learn them. That God, I, I intend on doing this in my prayer, but I will, Father. God, I pray for the people of Corpus Christi. I pray that they find you again. I pray that uh, they know that they're loved, not just by you. A whole bunch of people here, God. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. God, I thank you for the people in this room. I thank you for our hearts being open. I thank you for minds being open. And God, I pray that our ears were open. They just didn't go through the other end, Father God. I pray that we take it and we walk out of here and we apply it. Because, God, you are applicable. In your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Bless y'all.